Welcome to the Last Week in Denmark podcast. I'm your host, Rizzy Magnusson, and I'm here with founder of Last Week in Denmark, Narshis, to discuss this week's news and offer you extra insight into what's been happening and how it could affect you. Now let's jump in. Welcome back to the microphone, Narshis. It's been, and we've had another break, haven't we? How are you today? Well, you know, I just... I just came from Copenhagen yesterday, uh, well, last night actually, well, no, this morning, at three in the morning, I arrived home <laughs> from Copenhagen because you probably have seen, we already have heard, but we're doing this tour around the country, and uh, yesterday was the Copenhagen stop, we were at your home base, uh, and, and it was a blast, I must say, uh, a lot of people showed up, we had an amazing musician, an accordionist, who really knew how to entertain uh, the people and we saw that there is there are people who are willing to to join and uh, who are willing to you know organize themselves because there's so much more we could do as internationals in Denmark if we learn to play by the Danish rules which is to organize ourselves and uh, that's kind of the message we are we are sending around the country right now and uh, I'm I'm really happy that uh, I still have a bit of energy left so that we can uh, record this podcast. Uh, and I'm happy you are back slowly. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've been hit by a terrible sickness, but slowly, slowly, we're getting back to having this podcast running on a regular basis. Let's just... Gradually, gradually getting there. Yeah, three types of antibiotics for over a week now. Um Still struggling a bit, so I'm very sorry I didn't make it yesterday. I thought getting this podcast recorded was probably the priority today, so I was conserving my limited energy yesterday, but I'm glad to hear it went really well. Um, Yeah, so what's new in the world of last week in Denmark, apart from yesterday's event? Well, I just want to say that uh, we are continuing our tour, and uh, next week you should uh, definitely check out uh, Tisted. In Tisted, already 27 people have showed up, have signed up, so we're, we're expecting a quite of a amazing evening event in there. And also, we will be in our home base in Olborg. So, to all listeners from Olborg, you are definitely invited on event 18 of November, three to six. We will have uh, local musicians. You will be able to win movie tickets and many other prizes. Um, You'll be able to meet fellow subscribers and, and, and people from our Last Week in Denmark family. Get yourself some really, really cool Last Week in Denmark merch. So, uh, I mean, th- is there re- any reason to say no to it? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what better way to spend a, a Saturday afternoon than talking about uh, what what your rights and opportunities are in Denmark? Because, you know... Just to share a little thing, when in my 20s, I managed to see almost half of the world without spending any money from my pocket. Uh, and if you're interested how that can happen, you should definitely come and join the event. It's, a, it's an information that I can only share with the people who show up at our events during the tour. So uh, that's, that's one reason to come. I mean, how amazing will it be for you to learn how you can travel around the world without having to spend your own money what do you think that does sound good well i mean you could become a freelance travel journalist (laughs) (laughs) pretty much (laughs) (laughs) but besides the the events that we have now we uh we have a lot of new articles on the website uh long form articles because you know 
besides the email that we send to you every uh, every Sunday. Uh, now we also have long form articles like uh, evergreen content that's not based on the news uh, that is on our website on lwid.dk and there's quite a few interesting ones actually there's one about learning Danish from a com- from a very interesting perspective I mean it's definitely an article you should de- read right now there is a guide about how you should negotiate your salary in Denmark there's even a guide for non-Europeans because we keep hearing that we have a bit too much of a focus on Europeans only but we actually or where where we can we try as much as possible to also create content for non-Europeans because this is um, a newsletter for internationals. This is a podcast for internationals. So wherever is possible, we will definitely try to address both sides and you will see that reflected in uh, in the content that we that we produce. That sounds fantastic. So what are the newsletter headlines for this week? I mean, if you give me a chance to look at the the newsletter, because, you know, I came at three in the morning last night, so <laughs> I can't remember what is interesting. <laughs> but luckily, on Friday evening, after the amazing event, you know, Dance, uh, I had a chance to, to sit down and, and write the news. So let's see what's in there. Well, whilst you gather, whilst you gather that, I'm just going to tell the listeners it's quite funny this morning. We're we're on camera talking to each other, and I think Narcissus looks as pale and tired as I feel. <laughs> <laughs> so God. it's a good job you listeners can only hear our raspy voices today, um, because neither of us are on particularly good form. Uh, but we're still here and showing up counts. That's that's, <laughs> that's what's important, right? We have to have this consistency. That regardless if it's raining or snowing outside, if you're on a hospital bed or uh, I don't know, dead, dead uh, hangover <laughs> after a very long night, <laughs> we're still here to talk to you about the news of the week. And um, maybe talking now about parties and whatnot, I think a uh, first thing we should mention was that uh, there is a lot of new measures that have been approved uh, in terms of uh, criminalities and gang criminality, but there are also some measures within that package that kind of raise some questions about privacy Uh, because uh, for example you know that restaurants and shops have uh, these cameras that also point outwards and until uh, the other day uh, it was 30 meters uh, furthest that they could uh, film but now they want to allow them to film 100 meters that's a big difference it is. It is three times the the, the the well the direction. So basically, they will be able to film the entire sidewalk, the entire road, and probably the other sidewalk as well. If I'm not wrong, uh, if you think about it, how long is a is a road, right? From every direction, they want to do this because they were able to uh, to find some missing children thanks to thanks to the TV surveillance. Uh, but also means that you probably should be more careful when you walk around <laughs> around restaurants and shops and think nobody sees you. Everybody sees you. <laughs> They're watching. <laughs> yes. I mean, you come from UK, I guess CCTV is just a normal thing for you. But uh... Yeah, in the UK, I think they got to a point where in London, there was only, I'm not going to say any figures because I can't remember the actual statistics, but there was a tiny amount of London, like in meter squared, where you are not on camera. It's complete. And I think I lived, I lived in the most CCTV rife town in the UK. You literally can't go anywhere without being on camera. So, yeah. 
you you experienced this for a couple of years. I mean, uh, CCTV in Denmark is fairly new. Even the being allowed to film 30 meters was like not even five years ago. So uh, I'm just wondering how how is it to live in a CCTV city? Because uh, I mean, is there criminality? Did it feel like it has dropped? Are people more careful about throwing trash on the street? Or <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, in England compared to Denmark, no, <laughs> it's trashy. It's very trashy. And um, the problem is, I think everybody sort of got used to it and sort of desensitized to it, so it doesn't really stop. Oh. I don't think it really stops criminals. I don't think it stops trash. I don't think it stops a lot really because the trouble is it's down to the police to investigate this footage and find the appropriate camera and if it's a minor crime if it's something they don't have time or budget to put into solving yes they might have all the evidence but they're not actually gonna use it okay so it's kind of over the top it's kind of there's a camera here to deter crime but if it doesn't deter crime i'm not sure how much the cctv gathered is actually used to bring criminals to justice but it's interesting in Denmark I, I didn't actually know that there was less CCTV here so I've been going about my business just assuming I'm being filmed everywhere <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fair assumption but now from now on I guess we all should think because a hundred meters from both sides of the street literally means every corner is filmed uh, yeah. un unless of course you have areas with literally no restaurants or shops uh because private people cannot still by the way guys cannot put cameras out there and film your neighbors or your street it's still very much illegal uh so <laughs> yeah it was interesting in the uk i had one of those uh ring doorbells um i got given it by uh, my in-laws and we put it on our on our front door Oy. And on my phone, I could see my entire kind of little community <laughs> through the camera on my doorbell. And I started thinking, I'm not sure this is, uh, I'm not sure this is okay. I shouldn't be able to see into the neighbor's window. And sure enough, I kind of looked it up and there's been a lot, there had been, this was a couple of years ago before I moved here, quite a lot of uh, legal situations and um, people suing each other because they filmed each other without permission because of these doorbells. Yes. We stopped using it. We just thought this is this is not okay. I'm going to stop using this. So, you know, it was great because you could see who's at your door and blah, blah, blah. But it, it did reach too far yes. and become illegal. So it's good to note that that is also illegal here. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's yeah. common sense. Like uh, you, you, first of all, it, it is the GDPR European law that says that you cannot film another person without permission. Uh, don't, there is excuses for it, of course. That's the reason why restaurants or shops are allowed. But there are special rules about how they can handle all that film. It's it, That's why they cannot allow private people to do it because there's just simply too much regulation and it's difficult to enforce uh, of how you handle the film because you literally can film anyone. And uh, I mean, you can use these days for AI purposes, uh, data, right? And you can do pretty much anything you want with it. So <laughs> it's mm. it's a. Uh... I think that's a good point, actually. The, the the increase in technology and the scope of techn technological capabilities is growing so exponentially that this is only going to become more and more important to protect people's privacy because of AI, because of voice mimicking, because of being able to make an AI version of any face you've seen and make it do something you want and then produce that and it's it's just getting worse so it's it's important to have this legislation I absolutely think. and that also if we are to think about it i mean 
it's a discussion here. It's it's privacy versus safety, right? Because they all these films have also helped a lot. And in Denmark, every time a child is missing, the entire country is looking, which I like, to be honest. Uh, mm. and, and and so these films can also be used in a very positive way. Um, but also people, you should be aware that from now on, police is also allowed to be dressed as civilians uh, and they can do wiretapping. So if you're a suspect or anything, and if you see like a strange black van outside, that's certainly <laughs> someone listening to your phones. <laughs> so, <laughs> way, way, to, way to increase paranoia amongst our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Only the naughty ones. I mean, <laughs> if you're well behaved, you'll be fine. Exactly. But if, you, <laughs> if, you, if you're doing something a bit uh, suspicious, just look out for bl- black fans or I don't know. What, do, what, do, what will the... Then, ah, if you see um, an ice cream van suspectly just moving around your house way too many times in a week, yeah, it's not because they like your area or because they sell too much. (laughs) 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 Watch out for those wintry ice cream vans, people. They're probably watching you. Exactly. Um, No, but uh, yeah, that was was one of the the things, 44 measures against uh, gang criminality. And to be honest, there's a lot of, a lot of, to be honest, landmark decisions for Denmark. Uh, I feel like Denmark is moving towards more, uh, well, more powers to the police uh, and more harsh punishments. So now it really has become a lot worse to be violent in Denmark. Um, it has become terrible to try to recruit people into gangs. It's illegal now. It actually was, I'm surprised it was legal to begin with, but it seems now it's illegal. <laughs> so... And only minors. So, what's the penalty if you if you decided I'm gonna I'm gonna recruit someone into a gang? You get caught by an ice cream truck, um, who's been listening to your phone. Exactly. <laughs> um, what's what's the penalty for recruiting a gang member? I have no idea, uh, but I think uh, th- what I seen is when you say that something is illegal, it's it's from five years up. So, uh, but but there's just so many uh, small asterisk points that can make a, a punishment lower, two, three years, six months, good behavior, whatever. And then it can also be that you do something on a very large scale. Let's say you recruited 10,000 miners in five different cities in Denmark. Well, then the scale of the punishment will also change because in, in Denmark, we have this idea of spirit of the law, not necessarily the letter of the law. So the judges are allowed to consider punishment based on the actual impact on society which is yeah quite interesting to to think about and because we have the spirit of the law in denmark is that anything can be challenged or questioned so for example if you guys apply for citizenship um, uh, and you fulfill only eight out of nine things you can write uh, a nice motivation letter for the ninth thing why couldn't you fulfill it why is you have a good reason for it Uh, And then they have a little committee where they have to decide, can we allow this person with only eight out of nine things to become a citizen? Uh, Because it's not, it's, it's again, it's spirit of the law. If that citizens show that they really belong to, to, to Denmark, they cannot stop them from becoming citizens just because they couldn't fulfill one restriction. So you just keep that in mind that in Denmark, uh, things can be, sometimes uh, solved with a motivation letter. (laughs) Get very well at writing motivation letters, (laughs) I guess. The more episodes we do, the more the sort of theme of negotiation comes up and the power of individuals 
with good negotiation skills. This seems to be coming up more and more on the show, and I want, and it's something I'm noticing more and more. The work I'm doing and stuff um, here in Denmark, there is much more of an attitude, particularly compared to the UK, of kind of sort yourself out. You know, do as much as you can yourself, and. The rules are not so black and white and rigid. Exactly. Um, although in some ways they are, you know, if you're caught breaking the rules, like for example on train systems, there's no barriers to get in and out with a ticket, which there are everywhere in England, or most places in England, you have to have a ticket to get in and out. Whereas here, I feel there's more of a kind of you're trusted to behave, and if you don't behave, the punishments are quite severe. So it's quite a big fine if you get caught by one of the hop on hop off guards. You can't get out of a fine if you haven't got the right ticket, you know. But there is more of an attitude of we're going to sort of trust you until you give us a reason not to trust you, <laughs> yes. and you you have you have it's it's kind of um, empowering individuals into what they can achieve for themselves through their own work. You know, I quite like that. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, it's it's. We have- I mean, Denmark is a society built upon freedom, trust and freedom. But we talk about trust a lot. Everyone mentions trust in every direction. Uh, but very few people think about the freedom part. Um, Denmark is a very free country. People, many, the way they build certain measures, the way they organize certain things in society, they have to take in consideration how free the people are in that situation. So... Um, if you compare it with Sweden or Norway, you'll feel a huge difference exactly because of that, because Denmark is built upon uh, the, the value of freedom and people here want to feel free. Um, and, 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 and for the state always has been very difficult to impose control or to uh, show control. Like you said, those barriers uh, that kind of look a bit ugly, to be honest, in my, in my opinion. And it feels strange. And slow everything down and cause humongous cues and an absolute stress ball of anxiety when you're trying to get through the barriers at tube stations at rush hour in England. You know That's just so stressful. Whereas here, a lot of things are engineered to not make you feel you are closed in, to not make you feel you are being controlled, watched, all the rest. Um, it's refreshing. I certainly feel much freer here than I did in England. Yeah, and, and, and in... I mean, I think even the healthcare in in Denmark is uh, is is based a bit in more uh, more freedom. That's why it's a bit less uh, inquisitive. So let's say, unless you really have a very good reason for them to to look into your situation, uh, they will not start poking around <laughs> just because you know. That's so true. It's, uh, my experience recently with all my my various diseases right now. Um, I went to the doctor one time I went to the doctor and I got quite upset this time and um, I said is there anything you can give me to just help with either the pain or the anxiety that's coming with it or the tiredness or and he said um what would you suggest and I was like what (laughs) (laughs) what would I suggest you're the doctor I thought because in in uh in UK it's kind of you know you you dop your cap doctors you're very respectful you their word is the be all and end all whereas here again you're asked to kind of what your opinion on your health is, which is only correct because we still know so little about the way our bodies exactly. and minds work that actually it has to be, I think we are more knowledgeable on what will work for us than any doctor we've we've not had a very long relationship with, you know. So I get where they're coming from, but it was it was quite a shock for it to be thrown back at me. And I was like, um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, you have to to also look at the trends for, for, for the future here. Um, they, the whole thing, 
discussion in Denmark in the last five, six years in, in healthcare, at least in innovation, has been about personalized uh, medicine and personalized treatment. Uh, because it has been proven many, again and again, that what we have created as treatments, what we have created as medicine works for the majority of the population. It never works for every person that is in that's with that exact symptoms because uh because of our dna uh, constructs right or we we it's impossible for one medicine to be good for all of us so that's why uh, in personalized medicine if they do your uh, a dna scan and they will see exactly uh what medicine works what what medicine doesn't work for you uh, it will be easier for them to to give you a personalized treatment of course this is this is the, the ideal future. Um, right now, to get yourself a DNA scan is half a million kronas. <laughs> so we are not there yet. But this is the direction, is that uh, it's, we go towards more and more from a generic um, style of treatment, trial and error, because this is what it is. It's a, Because it's generic, it's trial and error, towards more of a more targeted, personalized medicine, where they will know already, okay, we can see based on the DNA code that paracetamol doesn't work for this person. So we need to try something else. Let's see what the DNA code responds well to. Uh, I think it's amazing. I was When I was in the regional council, I was very invested in uh, getting the, um, the regional council to invest more money into this initiative because they are pouring very little money into it. It's like five, six, ten million kronas a year. For um, research of this magnitude, it's too little. Mm, absolutely. Who's funding the research currently? The regional governments. The 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 five uh, regional governments are putting money into this because um, the state doesn't really have um, a direct focus on healthcare because healthcare is a competency on the regional level. So that's why. Um, but anyway, enough about uh, freedom and uh, healthcare. Let's see what else we can find in the um, in the newsletter. Oh, um, you probably have seen that a lot of people were discussing this uh, this week about taxes, right? Have you seen anything about taxes this week? No. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, it's just everyone has been starting to talk. Oh, there's uh, there's coming now uh, higher deductions so we can keep more of our salary. Um, people who have very high salaries, they were very happy because now they have to pay less uh, top tax and so on. Uh, well... We have to keep one thing in mind. First of all, the, the tax reform, it's still under negotiations. It's not completed. So don't crack out the champagne yet. No. Well, yeah. Um, the There is still like 500 million kronas to be decided how they will be spent. Um, that's like the negotiation reserve, let's just call it, between the parties. And it will be rolled out in the next six years. So it will not be rolled out all at once from 1st of January next year. It's uh, it's going to be slow increases over the next seven years because they are spending money. Because, you know, when they have to stop you from paying too much, you pay less. That means they have to take the money from somewhere else. Uh, so now they are spending money from the future. They don't actually have this 6.75 billion kronas for tax cuts. They think they will have them in the next seven years as extra money in the budget. 
as profit. And where's that extra money going to come from, do they think? They are assuming uh, economic prosperity. Uh, somehow Denmark will... Uh, we, we haven't... And if you look around us, Sweden, Norway, they are facing an economic recession. That's why both of their currencies are, are got, got much, much weaker. It got much cheaper for us to go on vacation, uh, ski vacation in Norway and Sweden with Danish krona. We haven't. We are not facing an economic recession. Of course, it's mainly because of our pharma industry, but it is the situation. It's also because of Nova Nordisk's new drug, new weight loss drug, that in the Times, one of the British papers, the Times, said Copenhagen is paved in gold. Copenhagen streets are paved in gold thanks to Nova Nordisk, who developed the weight loss drug. And that's, it could be said, I've heard it said, that um, that is why Denmark is not in a recession, because of the success of this one drug. Yeah, it's it's a big, it plays a very large role, I would say. Uh, I mean, it can also be reflected in the fact that Novo Nordisk now wants to make the largest investment in, 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 in history of Denmark, business investment, uh, private business investment. They they have, uh, they want to invest 42 billion kronas in, in Kallenborg just to make a huge, huge facility, a super facility where they can produce their active components in this uh, weight loss uh, drug and that's going to create 3000 jobs um, so a lot of people are i think going to start moving to kalenborg <laughs> a lot of internationals that be that might become the new international city around copenhagen but yeah i mean you you can you have to just to think about it 42 billion kronas you could build twice the belt bridge the great belt bridge you could build it twice or um, you could actually build all the five super hospitals in denmark uh with this kind of money I mean, look at it. We're going to spend 6.75 billion on tax cuts. 6 billion. They're spending 42 billion to build a build, uh, like a very large facility. <laughs> just to understand the magnitude. It's just mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. It is. And, and it makes sense. They made so much money based on people who are fat around the world. Uh, <laughs> although I'm a bit angry because um, in, in Denmark... Uh, People were able to get uh, subsidies from the state for this drug. Uh, and I'm like, well, it's a bit unfair. I mean, why am I paying with my tax money your drug-slimming drug, uh, drug uh, medicine? It's, it's not exactly, a, I don't know, a life-threatening thing. I mean, I understand people who are in a very, very serious situation. But there are people who, let's say, they just wanted to lose 20, 30 kilos and they still use this drug. And that was annoying to me. Because that's a waste of, of taxpayers' money. I get where you're coming from because, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? You can't say, you can't generalise ever about anything. But th there's different types of people who are going to be allocated this this weight loss, weight loss drug. And the people who really need it, the people who perhaps have mobility issues or, or physical issues that mean they cannot do enough exercise to keep themselves healthy you know and their heart is now under pressure because of the weight gain that's occurred and they're in danger i do not reject the idea of, of subsidizing this drug to help them have a better quality of life and get healthy if they if they can't do it themselves i think where you're coming from is where is it a sort of lifestyle choice in a way um you could say yeah, because right now the the the, the regional uh, councils have announced budgets and they have shown that due to this drug the medicine subsidies increase severely and they put pressure on this uh, on the budgets so they might be forced to completely take out subsidies for the drug so the people who might actually need it will end up not getting it because 
too many people are using it. And I saw people, I saw people in my uh, let's say extended circle who used that drug and they were not in a situation to not be able to move or not life-threateningly overweight kind of thing yeah not 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 having enough of an impact on their healthy life you know they did it for beauty yeah, yeah. It, it was more of a cosmetic change and that's what bothered me it's like it's a very expensive drug <laughs> it's not a cheap drug <laughs> so there's a reason why novo nordics made so much money so to you it's kind of on a in, it's in a similar vein to to subsidizing plastic surgery you know yeah cosmetic beauty wanting plastic surgery it's yeah i see what i see where you're coming from for sure but yeah i mean that's how the situation is and to be honest uh the the calls are that to stop subsidies for this drug uh next year completely um it's 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 just if you look at the medicine subsidies just this drug alone now is 50 percent of the entire thing and that's that's terrible because that that puts also pressure on other medicine uh that might have to be cut off from uh, subsidies because remember in Denmark you do not pay the real price for medicine at the pharmacy <laughs> you you pay a maximum of 40% from the real value uh, so if we had to start paying actual prices for medicine which we might have to in the future because simply the regional councils don't have enough money to keep paying for it um, we will see what it means to actually pay for a panodil even uh, that actually has a real price on it <laughs> Well, I dread that because the amount of money I've spent on medicine in the last eight weeks since I first caught whatever I caught, um, you know, it's just outrageous. So if that was if that's only 40 percent of the full price, it would have crippled me, absolutely financially crippled me. All of the medications I've needed in the last few weeks, you know. Anyway, uh, that is kind of time up for us today. Nurses. Is there anything else you'd like to announce or discuss before we sign off? I mean, I would like to encourage people to really take to, take a look at the newsletter this week. I mean, there is a lot of other interesting things out there. There's going to be a flying tax. Well, it's proposed. It still needs to be approved. So remember that part. Uh, so we will have to start paying more for flying. Um, you can see uh, discussions about how we're going to spend the 68 billion kronas from the future. Because literally, if you keep hearing people saying fiscal leeway, it literally means money from the future. Uh, they expect a certain uh, increase in the economic activity um, and then they put okay this much money come into the state budget this much money we plan we're gonna have to spend to keep the country running this is profit and then they have to discuss okay how do we use this profit and they expect a 68 billion kronas per uh, profit which is not much if you think about how much Novo Nordisk has <laughs> put into the Kalenborg facility <laughs> uh, but that's that's the money and you can see how they will be spent um, you can also see how the different parties uh, are positioning themselves in a tax, tax reform and it actually might give you a really good idea of their general stance uh, we're going to have elections next year and it's already good for you to start understanding okay where I am in in the whole political spectrum of Denmark, what's 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 uh, what's the party that kind of speaks most to me? Because um, in the end, we should yeah, most many parties might not be speaking English to you, but uh, you it's your own choice to see. Okay, I identify mostly with Green Party, or I identify mostly with the Socialist Party and whatnot. And then in the economy side, you'll see that we finally got to uh, almost 0% inflation. However, remember, inflation means that there is still 
an increase in price. It's just a 0.1% inflation. It's just a very low, low increase in price. To see an actual reduction in price, we need to see a deflation. Literally means a minus, a negative inflation. Uh, and that's when we can say, ah, oh, there is a minus 5% uh, inflation. That means generally, on average, all prices in society have declined. Um, so, yeah, just keep that in mind that it sounds great, 1%, 2% inflation. But if you really want to be like, oh, but I haven't seen the prices falling down in the store. Well, that's that's not what it means. <laughs> it's, uh... Historically, how many times do we go into a deflation? Uh, like how likely is it that we will go into a deflation? It it's it's very rare uh, event to mm. be honest. Um, normally, what the banks or what the state is aiming for is a two percent inflation. That's a let's say a healthy line of inflation that has been kept in the past, uh, because prices increase every year, because wages increase every year. Uh, so the, somehow the the real wage has to stay the same. Um, so that's why this year the wages have increased quite a lot. Many, many people have experienced a very big increase in their salaries um, while the inflation rate is very low. So uh, now it's just a question of when will the interest rates for the bank loans will go down? They will not go down very soon because people still have a lot of money to spend. And if people start spending those money tomorrow like crazy, which Christmas could gener uh, make that happen, that's problem because um, the more money are out there, the higher the inflation is. Uh, so if people will be conservative this Christmas and not spend too much, we might see a lower interest rates faster. Otherwise, I'll keep it. I'll give it a couple of years before we can see the, in the interest. Even though the inflation is so low, the interest rates will take a while before they follow as well. So now, nah. for people like me who have loans, that sucks, but. <laughs> What can I say? Uh, we'll have to survive. I've got really into sort of sustainable purchasing now. I suppose I can call it sustainable purchasing. Basically, I'm finding everything I want secondhand. <laughs> okay. And uh, particularly, there's one particular app where you can buy a really great, um, amazing amount of things. Um, and because we're in the EU, you can buy from various neighboring sort of EU countries in the UK, okay. you could only really buy from the UK unless you wanted to pay lots of postage since Brexit. But anyway, I'm having a great time. Instead of scrolling through social media endlessly, I'm scrolling through this app endlessly, looking at favouriting things I'm interested in purchasing, then spending a couple of weeks thinking about it and then deciding to spend 50 kroner on a really nice jacket. You know, 50 kroner on a leather jacket. That's one of my deals recently. <laughs> so... You're buying secondhand. You can also select that you only look at new with tags if you don't want secondhand, wow. but you still want to purchase cheap, not from an actual business. So that's just one way of thinking about it. And I, what I always used to do when I had no money at Christmas is just make presents. I, I'd knit. I, I know how to knit one type of hat and one type of scarf. So two years in a, so for two years, everybody, one year everybody got a hat and the next year everyone got a scarf and then I've done awesome. homemade hampers and things like that. So I like to make Christmas instead of sort of buy Christmas. So maybe that's a, a good way to keep inflation down. <laughs> well, it's, it's only one way, lower consumption, buying less new products. Um, that's, that's the way and that's, that's the message from the banks. Guys, 
keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go crazy this Christmas. Just uh, because prices are... Remember, prices are compared to last year prices. And last year prices were hell. Uh, they were extremely high. So it's a 0% inflation is unrealistic anyway. It's only because last year prices were just so goddamn high. Because if you are to compare with the previous year prices, the situation is completely different. And on that note, uh, thank you for catching up today, Narcissus. It's been lovely to see you. I'm glad yesterday went well. I'll let you go and nurse your hangover now. <laughs> Don't say that I'll have a hangover, but it's just more like I had travel all night, you know. Let's not mention people, the Ukraine wine I had at the yesterday event. <laughs> thank you all for tuning in today. We hope you found this podcast informative, interesting and of value. We'll be back next week on your favourite podcast platform. Just search Last Week in Denmark. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye for now. Bye.